Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation, where company founders, entrepreneurs, and cutting-edge thinkers drop in from around the globe to share startup stories, insider insights, and hard-earned success lessons. Now, here's your host, a woman who mastered business by placing heels on the ground all over the world, having worked with and coached CEOs and senior leaders from over 90 countries, and who wants you to build your best business future, Allison K. Summers. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Disruptive CEO Nation. Hey, I love products and services that make my life easy, and they make my life easy in a way maybe I have no idea what they do for me. Well, we have a wonderful guest for you today who's going to tell us all about his business. We have Mickey Balter, the CEO and co-founder of Orient. Mickey, welcome to the program and, and tell everybody what delightful things your business does for us. Hi, Alice. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, really delighted to be here. Uh, what Orion does is basically indoor GPS. We allow smartphones uh, to understand where they are in buildings with three feet accuracy and without installing any hardware whatsoever in the building. Uh, so we're really the currently the only way to provide ubiquitous indoor location services in any building for any type of use case. And we're super excited to be bringing the GPS revolution indoors. Well, I want to hear all about it because this really is something that every now and then when I'm in a place that doesn't have this service, I'm like, why don't they have this, this service? So we're talking to you and you're in Tel Aviv, Israel. Um, your business has been going strong since 2017. Tell us a little bit about your background and why Orient. So originally I come from a technology background. I'm an engineer uh, by training uh, and I've always been fascinated with like the intersection between deep technology and how it can solve real, real world problems. Some of the problems we face every day are really hard to solve. So uh, bringing, combining this expertise with technology and a business sense um, is what I find exciting and fascinating. Um, so my first stint at indoor GPS was actually back in 2007. Um, I had an idea in the space. Uh, I didn't end up following it uh, and, and, and for good reason, it was a bad idea, but <laughs> I really understood the complexity of how difficult it is to provide this ubiquitous uh, indoor location services. And it kind of stuck with me. And I went on to do other stuff. Uh, I started another company in a different space. But in 2017, when I met my co-founder, Amiram, he came to me with his technology uh, for leveraging Earth's magnetic field for providing indoor GPS. And it immediately clicked. I said, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what we need. That's the perfect combination of the scalability that has been hindering this field. Um, plus, it can provide the accuracy that people need in order to actually use it. So... That's how uh, Orient started uh, for me. And I immediately jumped in and started working with Amiram on making it a reality. Well, tell us a little bit more about um, how does it work indoors? I mean, because it's working on such a, a micro scale. I mean, we've been used to in you know GPS on a, on a macro scale for, for quite a while now, but this is really on a, um, a finite level of preciseness. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, exactly. So up until now, all the solutions were kind of um, a trade-off between things that can be accurate but require very complex installation of hardware in the building and things that are kind of inaccurate, uh, so kind of limiting. You know, uh, I always make the parallel. It's like GPS that takes you to the neighborhood and mm -hmm. then tells you, like, go ahead and find the house by yourself. Um, and for the first time, Earth's magnetic field has allowed us to provide that three feet of accuracy that people really need and bringing the you know, complete solution and the complete experience for navigation um, indoors. And three feet, for example, is enough for navigating people in a busy supermarket. So imagine going into a huge uh, big box store and you're only looking for one particular item. And this level of accuracy is what you need in order to get uh, to the precise shelf, getting the consumer to the product. So it's not only it's not only stores. I mean, if I think about what different applications of of GPS and accuracy of, of GPS, I mean, I I I travel a lot, which people who listen to this know. And I was just at a a hotel where um, this little robot was cleaning the hallways, and I actually wanted it to say good morning to me. I wanted the robot cleaning the hallways, you know, vacuuming to be smart enough to tell me. Hello, which it will someday. It will probably very, very soon. But give us some applications uh, beyond the retailer that your products are being used. So, yeah, so the opportunities are infinite. So we've all gotten lost in airports, you know, uh, having to find the gate and can't, not knowing where it is, uh, not even knowing if we have time for a coffee. I mean, is the gate five minutes away or is it 15 minutes away and I'm going to get lost on the way? So do I have time for coffee or not? <laughs> Um, in a hospital, for example, in, you go in for a doctor's appointment, you have to find a particular clinic or something, always a stressful moment. I think any navigation in a new building, and this can be a university or a hospital or even an office building, is stressful, um, at least you know, initially until you get very familiar with the building. But there's always you know, those unfamiliar buildings we have to visit um, all the time. Uh, beyond that, so imagine going beyond just smartphones. So not just about navigating people holding smartphones to locations, uh, but rather robots or giving you know IoT devices a sense of location. Um, lately, I mean, we're very excited about Apple's announcement of the um, um, Vision headset uh, because I think that ushers in the era of spatial computing of computers that are aware of their surroundings uh, in context and really react to it. And location is a key part of what we're doing, where we are and uh, what, what we're trying to do. Uh, so we're very excited about the possibilities this brings. So tell me about the, the client base. So is this for the individual? Is this for the business? Is Tell me you know, where I might encounter Orient. Uh, so we're currently very much focused on retail use cases, and we're basically targeting two segments. One is the consumer, the regular shopper. So you uh, going into a store, a very large store, uh, you can navigate according to your shopping list. You can get the best promotions while you're next to the product. Um, you can search for a product and get guidance. And this all adds to the shopper convenience and really engages uh, the consumer with the with the retailer, you know, through their mobile phone. 
but the same use cases also applies for store associates, for example. So they also need guidance when they have to pick uh, 30 items very quickly for fulfilling an online order. Um, they also can be assigned tasks based on their proximity, based on their location. So there, def there are definitely infinite use cases for location indoors. It's just a matter of like getting people uh, to understand what's, what's given outdoors, that location, real-time location is accessible and is available for any system which needs it. And then just building the use cases and the applications around it. Now, I can think of so many, even just situations in my life in the last week where this product could have been helpful. Um, yeah. You know, spending 10 minutes looking for something in CVS, spending um, time, uh, I think about when I was going to the grocery store with three kids. It's like, how can I get, how can I navigate my way through this thing faster um, mm -hmm. to not deal with this? And I'm kind of imagining in my head, Mickey, that, you know, your product's going to be on my phone and it's going to mock me. It's going to be like hotter, hotter, hotter. No, cold, cold, go the other <laughs> way. Um, but tell me, um, you know, let's talk about, you know, the founder's journey here. You you shared some about when you met your co-founder and it, it's finally like, okay, I can make this happen. So in just a few for, few short years, you already have over, over 40 employees. And tell us about you know, the, um, the footprint currently of your, of your product, like either the stores, locations, types of, um, you know, give us a little bit more detail there. Um, so we're already deployed in around 1500 locations all over the world. Uh, most of them are in the U S but we also have deployments in, um, Europe, in the middle East, Latin America, and, uh, very recently Australia as well. So I think that's the or this location currently. Um, we are powering mostly, like I said, retail use cases, both on the picking optimization. So those guys that have to rush through, through stores to fulfill online orders, we help them be more efficient uh, and make sure they find everything. And also on the consumer facing side, um, there are stores already in the US where you can walk in, search for a product and get guidance directly to the shelf. So this is very exciting for us. Um, yeah. So I love to talk to marketers in the show and, and really think about how new technology can help marketers reach consumers. So is there a, a longer range vision um, or are there currently elements to Orient that, you know, if you know I'm standing in front of, you know, the shelf of candy and M&Ms is my favorite, uh, does Orient currently help me with proximity promotions? Does it have you know multiple levels that it currently does? Uh, definitely. I think we're now like you know um, un unlocking basically the initial layer of this of you know providing convenience, getting people um, to use the to use the technology to get used to using the mobile app, the retailer mobile app while in the store. Then the next layers are actually related to data and marketing. Uh, so first of all, understanding what people do in stores. I mean, today, retailers usually know how many people walk in the door mm -hmm. and how many people check out. They don't really know what, what the shopper is doing in between. How, how are they interacting in this, with the store? But having access to real-time location really helps the retailer understand traffic flow and everything is anonymized. They don't care about the individual, but they care about how people 
move through the store, how layout decisions affect the, the, the traffic, the shopper traffic. Then the next phase is really making in-store marketing contextual. So today the retailers don't really have tools for um, 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 adapting, you know, what, what, what they're showing to the consumers to what the consumers actually want and what they're interested in. So you walk into the store, you have a barrage of coupons and, and signs and advertising everywhere. And it's kind of trying to hit you, um, trying to find the least common denominator. What if you could like micro-target people in the store based on who they are, based on their um, history, based on their current location? So I think this is really transformational and disruptive to how you approach in-store marketing. And that's definitely the vision. That's also what we're doing with retailers. Uh, and I think, you know, in five years, how retailers do in-store marketing is going to be dramatically um, more efficient and dramatically uh, more effective. So, you know, I, I imagine, you know, those pictures that are like aerial views of expressways and it shows all the traffic going super fast. Mm -hmm. And I imagine as you're talking the same thing to visually show a retail owner um you know these these lines of these pathways when everybody comes in the door and you can actually envision it in real time of this is where everybody's heading and, and going and mm -hmm. um and again as i opened up i love things that help make my life easier i'm not a person who's bothered by um too much of my data within reason if it's if it's making my life easier yeah um because if it knows that i'm a frequent shopper of a certain thing um i'll give you an example where i live um i go to three different jewels each jewel is set up completely different but my buying patterns are basically the same when i when i go to the store because i i know what my family wants but each one is completely different so yeah. I can see how there's a practical application, but then I can also see how you're eventually going to increase my basket size because you're going to be telling me I need things that I'm not even thinking about. Um, hey, yeah. I, I, well, go ahead. You have a point on that one? And, and taking you to areas of your store that like, you know, off the beaten path for you. So if you're used to traveling the store in a certain way, maybe you're missing out. Maybe there is, you know, a great promotion or new products that the retailer wants to wants to show you and actually getting you there is a goal for the retailer. So I think, you know, in the end, everyone benefits. The retailer gets better discovery, a better customer journey, and you get more convenience and a more enjoyable uh, time in the store. So let's talk about applications and partnerships with, with big brands, with, with say Apple's or Google's or, or other major, um, you know, uh, people in this space. Are you doing work with those organizations and entities? Uh, so we're working closely with uh, Google. Um, um, we, have a, we have a partnership with them where we are basically complementing their offering. Um, you know, Google Maps is mostly for outdoors. It's great, everyone uses it. Everyone gets from point A to point B using Google Maps. But what, what happens when you go into the building? Uh, so very recently, we published a, um, a joint paper with them that we call Home to Shelf Navigation. So imagine you're at home, you're looking for a product, and then you search for it on Google, and then Google Maps takes you to the, to the closest store that carries that product up to the door, and then Orient takes over 
and gets you to the shelf, connecting you with the, with the product in a very efficient way. Uh, for many of us, you know, we know the way to the store. We can find the store easily. But once there, you know, maybe we spend as much time looking for the product that we spent driving to the store. Uh, so we are very excited about this notion of combining navigation uh, and providing a seamless experience from outdoors to indoors. And this is what we're building with Google. Hey, I want to talk about, let's go back to your your team of employees and you know, your your leadership style and your your vision for the culture. Are there any pillars that you have that are the principles that guide the staff at Orient? So I think first and foremost, it's about honesty and transparency. Uh, so we run a very transparent organization where everyone can speak their mind. We're not too worried about you know, hierarchy and, and official titles. And I think this is key for innovation. Um, when we started, not everything we achieved, you know, um, we knew like, we, we knew it's gonna be difficult. We knew that, you know, there's a reasonable chance we can do it, but still along the way, we encountered a lot of challenges, some of them very technical. And it's only through this culture of really openness and, you know, innovation can come from anyone and everyone has good ideas that allowed us to really overcome those challenges and get the product uh, to the current performance level and, and and solving all of those challenges. So for me, that's that I think is key. Uh, and, and the foremost thing is having a very, as flat as possible, an organization where information flows very freely uh, and everything is transparent. Everyone knows what everyone else is doing. Speaking of challenges, um, since you began Orient, were there any kind of surprises or lessons learned? I like to call them naked truths that as a founder, you would, you would share. I find most find most founders don't regret lessons learned. Um, but was mm -hmm. there anything that was particularly um, a bump in the road for you as you, you were on this journey? Um. So COVID was definitely a bump on the road. Um, yeah, I mean, right at the time when like COVID hit, we were close to like, you know, getting the product uh, to where we needed to be in terms of performance. We were getting ready to start our go-to market. Um, and then COVID hit and like, you know, there's no travel. Um, our main market is in the US. You know, we can't go there. If we need to like demo the product, we have to do everything remotely. Um, so that's when we had to develop basically the tools to operate everything uh, remotely. Um, so hiring, you know, people in the US, communicating with them over Zoom, uh, because we, you know, we can't meet them, meeting the customers over Zoom. So I think that was a very transformative moment for us. In the end, it benefited us because we are now a much more efficient organization being able to run everything remotely and having very streamlined operation. Um, by that time, it was really, really stressful. I mean, you're saying like, you know, how am, how am I going to run a company, you know, if I can't even uh, get on a plane and meet the customers? Uh, so that I think is one thing. The other thing I think is you need to be very patient. So some industries, especially retail, when you sell into those, those organizations tend to be very cautious, very diligent, um, very thoughtful about everything. And they, they're 
relatively slow moving and you know they're they're the first to say it um and there really needs to be like a, a process of alignment between the need of a startup to really run very quickly um and sometimes be messy and these uh large organizations that like structure and discipline and everything is slow and everything is very organized yeah. um so yeah always always a challenge well i think what you just talked about is why i love talking to founding ceos the best is is because of this i don't want to say need for speed but you know what you're what you're talking about like keep the organization flat it's all about outcomes and deliverables we're all in a team together and and also the willingness to share and i've always been a leader that is like I'm willing to stand in front of my team and say, okay, I really stepped into it this time. I really mucked this one up because I want everybody to know, you know, we're, we're human beings. There is no, no such thing as perfection, but the faster you can own what's off course, the faster you can get it back on course. And, and so that's what I love about um, some of the pieces you talked about your, about your culture for honesty and transparency and, and all of that. Hey, I before we started recording, I said I, I've had the pleasure of having quite a few guests from Israel over the last number of years. It, it really is reflective of um, an innovation uh, economy. So you have all these brilliant minds there. Where do you go? What do you do to keep yourself sharp, to have this network that helps elevate you and keep you motivated and moving along? So yeah, a lot of the like innovation economy, the high tech economy here in Israel is like concentrated in, I don't know, maybe 10, maybe even less square miles uh, at the heart of Tel Aviv. Uh, so it's a very small community. Everyone knows everyone. Everyone is always, you know, one phone call away. Um, a lot of meetups, a lot of like, you know, um, chances to meet and brainstorm and meet informally. So I think this, like, you know, concentrated hub with so much innovation and so much, uh, again, openness to share, um, I think is what's, you know, what makes this. The fact that we are a very small country, very crowded and very concentrated, I think is actually helpful because everyone is together um, and, you know, it just lends itself into a more fruitful uh, flow of information. So you can get on airplanes now. You can you can you can leave Israel yeah. and travel other places. <laughs> um, what trade shows, events? Where where are you heading these days? Um, our next one is in uh, Vegas grocery shop uh, in Las Vegas in September. Uh, I think that's the main one, the main event, you know, for grocery stores uh, in the in the U.S. It's been very fruitful for us. Um, so that's that's one we're excited about. Then in uh, New York, NRF in January. Uh, again, you'd show a chance to meet everyone, connect with all the customers, the existing customers, the new customers. So those are the two events that we never miss. Hey, I always like to say, if we come back and talk to you in, in two or three years or even beyond that, what's the vision for Orient? Where do you plan on, on taking this uh, as it continues to grow? and add on more products? Uh, so beyond retail. So retail, you know, is great. And we see a lot of use cases. We built a great business serving um, retail, but there are just so, so many other use cases for the technology in all types of buildings. Uh, so our vision is really to make the system much more, um, much more uh, scalable. 
to take it basically into any building, map the entire indoor world, and just make it available for anyone with a good idea uh, for how how you use how you would use indoor GPS. I love it. Map the entire indoor world. And I have a favor to request because I said this on GPS, you know, it's summertime. So you take different road trips and I'm like, I want my GPS to start complimenting me when she says, you know, slide right. And I slide right. I want her to go. That was a nice slide. I just want her to every now and then give me a little bit more cheer in her in her directionality as she's talking to me. So, so maybe you can have a feature that, that turns on, uh, gives me some compliments and positivity for the day, a positivity feature. That's what I need. <laughs> hey, that's, yeah, that's a great use case for you, generative AI and indoor GPS. <laughs> you just walked your dog a mile. Cheers to you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm so glad that you had an opportunity to drop in and, and be a guest. If people want to, learn more, find out more, connect with you, where should they go and what should they do? Uh, so www.orient.me is our website. Um, there's a contact us box. I read all the emails, all the incoming emails. Um, so yeah, very excited you know, to connect with new people with new ideas on how to use Indoor GPS and uh, looking forward to fulfilling them. Well, thank you so much for being a guest and we wish you nothing but but success. Hey, for our listeners, if there is another innovative, exciting, wonderful founding CEO like Mickey and you think that we need to speak with them, send me a note at connect at allisonksummers.com. As always, pop over and give us a review on your favorite podcast channel. Until we speak again, keep your eye on the future and always be disruptive. Hey, again, thank you for sharing about Orient with us. Thank you for having me. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>